0: The journey and its adventures. So this would be the, the ninth week of this series, and I'm, I'm gonna wrap it up today. And so when I started it, what, what springboarded me into starting the series was this comment that I had written down in my journal. And it it, it said this it said, Knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. So in other words, knowing God is should be the main storyline of my journey. We're all on a journey where we all, we're living life, right? And that's our journey. But if I'm living it with God and I'm walking it out with God and knowing God, it comes with great adventures. Now, there, there may be uh, uh, some of us here today and you say, you know what? I don't really know God. Well, I know God, but I don't know God. Well, if you don't know God, then why don't you read God? Because that's how you know God. There, there's a strong push with our busy society to come to church on Sunday, be faithful for, with church attendance, but come in, listen to some cook like me talk, and then walk out the door and go, okay, that was my spiritual investment for the week. That doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And so if knowing, knowing God means I'm going to read God, knowing God means I'm going to talk to him daily. I'm going to have a quiet time and I'm going to go deeper. And when I do, i warn you, when you do that, it gets pretty adventurous because when I read my Bible, then I start reading things in the Bible that aren't lining up with my life. Then I get really uncomfortable and then I'm faced with this decision. Am I going to change these things in my life or am I just going to keep doing them and stop really thinking I care what God thinks. And what happens is, is when we're not willing to change things in our life, that are in uh, contrary to this word is at some point we stop reading the Bible because we just don't want to deal with it. And the adventure stops, right? Knowing God's the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. So I thought we'd do this as we end the series today, talk about the, the journey and adventure of salvation. The journey and adventure of salvation. So some of us in this room would say, yeah, I'm saved. I have exce- put my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm at peace with God. And some of us maybe are here today go, no, I'm still trying to figure this thing out. I'm still trying to figure this Christianity thing out. But you're here today, and, and I'm, I'm grateful you're here. So it's a twofold message. One, you can, you can listen to what I'm going to tell you today, and you can decide for yourself if God's working in your heart to where you've come to a place where you want to put your faith in Jesus. The other group of us here might be the group that has put our faith in Jesus and we're at peace with God. When the Titanic sunk. When the Titanic went down, obviously before social media. So, so the port that the ship had left in and, and where they were rescuing people and bringing them back. They put this huge, huge, massive board up. And that board had two columns, just two. And at the top of each of these columns were saved and unsaved. In other words, if you went and looked for your loved one, you're looking and you would want, oh, wow, they're in the saved column. Or maybe they didn't make it. And so... For that group of us that are here today that are professing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and Christianity as a way of life and we're on that journey with God, I just have to submit to you today, this message is as much for you, if not more, because I'm going to give you some really good tools and really good scripture on how to tell people about Jesus. Think about, have you ever like, I'm going to tell this guy about Jesus, I'm going to tell this guy about Jesus, and then you go to talk and you're like... Like, hmm, right? And then your palms start sweating, right? It's so stupid that we we, we, we as Christ followers have been given so much and, and we reluctantly give it back because it's uncomfortable, because it's not politically correct. So, so the idea of us being scared to tell someone about Jesus because it may offend them, now I'm not saying shove the gospel down people's throat. That's never, you're not gonna... You're not gonna see anybody come to a relationship with Jesus by just being so dogmatic. Build a bridge, love people, do something nice, but know the word. So when the opportunity presents itself, you can slide in that gap and you can be like, you know what? God, I got this with your help. Good? So so two types, saved and unsaved. And so let's talk about the journey and adventure of salvation. Number one our journey starts in sin. Romans three twenty three twenty four 24, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't say, for some have sinned. See, you might be here today, and church is kind of new to you, and you, you, know, you might be like, you know, I don't know about this God thing, and my wife drugged me here, or, or whatever, or I just wandered in out of the street, and, and you might look around, and you could be really tempted to look at other people in this room, and say, well, they, they're Christians because they don't sin. Can I get an amen? Come on. Amen. We sin. Job, even in the Old Testament, the Bible says we sin like sparks fly upwards. We're all sinners. Everyone, all have sinned, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, we cannot measure up to God's standards in the sense of his standards that he had for humanity when he created us. Something, someone else did something that made us sinners, and that was Adam and Eve. And, and as far as I know, some of you are pretty old, Joe, but none of us were in the garden, right? <laughs> none, of us, none of us were in the garden, so... We're born into sin. We're humans and we we have we have a sin nature. We are flesh. It's called flesh. And it's called us wanting what we want when we want it. And so here you have the idea of hey, look, I was you're, we're born into sin. And so don't be surprised and don't, don't try to pretend like you don't sin because the Bible teaches us all of us sin. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Which leads us to the second point. The journey of salvation is a grace journey. Grace, grace, getting what we don't deserve, is the definition of grace. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. So you got got grace. And, And this word is misused so much in our society today, especially in the church world. Because there, 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 are people that teach. You know what? Just go do whatever you want to do. Because the grace of God's on your life. Here, here's your get out of hell free card. Now you just go and live however you want to live. Because hey, you're not. Nope, who am I to judge you? Grace, grace came. Grace brought redemption. Grace came at a high, high price. John three sixteen. And, and we, we, all, we all, most of us know this scripture. And, you know, you see the banners at the football games and, you know, T-shirts and stuff like that. And, and, and that's great, whatever, if God calls you to put that and get, yeah, whatever. But, but I think that it's such a well-known verse for those of us who have been in church for a bit of time that we've actually lost the significance of the grace in this verse. So here's what I thought we'd do. Here's what I'm do. Take a deep breath. Delete for a second. And pretend like you've never heard this before. Pretend like you've never heard John 3.16 before. Pretend like you've never read it. And hopefully there's some of you in here that haven't. (laughs) That's awesome. For for, for those of us who have. And so, like, just say, I am going to listen to this verse like I've never heard it before. Like it's the first time that I'm actually hearing this verse. And I believe when you do that, it revolutionizes the level of grace that you realize that we have through what God did for us, John three sixteen For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life that 's amazing. How, how could we take a grace like that, turn it into hate and judgment, and refuse? To extend that grace to other people in our lives and extend the knowledge of salvation. That, my friend, is good news. And and we grow numb to it and we take it for granted, that's good news. I mean, why wouldn't you tell someone that there's a God like that? Right? I mean, if if someone, if you had all the money in the world and you just love blessing people, and you you went up to somebody and, and you said, hey, I want to give you a million dollars. What are they going to do? Thank you. It's not a trick question. I know what I would do. Right? right. Like that, That's a good thing. That is a very... If somebody walks up to you one day and says, Hey, Johan, here's a million dollars. That's a good day. Yeah. We're, yes. We're going to go out to eat. Yeah. We have good news for people. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how, how can we not tell people about that good news? we got this gift God's given us. We've this gift of salvation. We have this gift that for some reason God actually allowed me to finally figure it out. And, and, and now I know that I know that I've been redeemed in God's sight through what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. John 3.16... Think about it just for a second. Think about it like you've never, like like you've never read it before. For God so loved the world, that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Salvation is a faith factor. We say that a lot. It's belief. It's a belief factor. And what I put my faith in, I believe. And so if I'm gonna if I'm gonna spend eternity with God in heaven. I've got to put my faith in Jesus Christ because the Bible says no one comes to the Father except through the Son. Now watch this. So we have a sin problem. Now we've got grace flying through the door in the form of Jesus Christ. Now we know that we're going to sin because we're not perfect. But then there's another formula. 1 John 1, 9, I believe it is. If we confess our sins, Hey, y'all, write these down or put them in your phone or get online this week and get these verses. They will help you witness to people. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Wow. Some more good news. You know, people don't read the Bible because they're like, well, I I don't know. It's full of good news. Now, this is not confessing to another human being. I mean, if, this is not confessing out of some religion that tells you you have to do that. This is a relationship with God saying, hey, I'm recognizing things in my life that aren't exactly lining up with your word. I blew it today, God. Here's a question I have for you. And it's, obviously I have to ask my own self all these questions. Is confessing the reality of your life to God, a daily part of your existence. Because here's, here's what the enemy likes to do convince us that we're so bad that we can't tell God about it. All right, newsflash, he's God. He kind of knows. He kind of knows what's going on. It's, oh, he knows. He kind of knows everything, right? So here I am reading my Bible, and I blew it yesterday, and I really don't want to read it because I feel guilty, and I really don't want to pray, because I feel guilty, but if I don't pray, I don't get strength to not blow it again, so I don't pray, I don't read my Bible, then I blow it worse that day, and then the next day, and then the next day, and finally I find myself separated from a God who loves me so much, he's saying, look, just talk to me. Come here, boy. Just sit up, let's talk. Confession should be a part of your everyday quiet time. Because what happens is when you confess those things in your life that aren't in line with the Word of God, you get a chance to allow God to help you deal with those things. Confession is not some—it's not something like, it's not rhetoric. It's talking to God, going, God, I realize in my heart right now there's there's hatred, and I got really mad yesterday, and I, I need you to help me with that hatred. Because there's just some people that I hate. I, I'm just... This is an analogy. Hello. Somebody will get that... Somebody will get that sound bite. And they'll just totally cut it on me. And I'm serious. Ha- yeah, it happens. Anyway. But, but I'm talking to my father in heaven. My father. I'm, t- I'm saying, God, I, I've got a problem in this area of my life. And I'm just going to confess it to you right now. You already know. But by virtue of me confessing it, your word says that you are faithful and that you'll, you'll cleanse me You'll purify me from all unrighteousness in my life today And so I get to start the day fresh Right? I get to walk out I get to go blow it again <laughs> Not on purpose But we all, we all mess up But what I, I, what I do know is the word of God has said That hey, I, I need to talk to God about my insufficiencies in my, in my journey And when I do, I'm, I'm purified it's a daily cleansing. It's a it's a daily walk with God. Does that make sense? And it's grace. It's unbelievable, unmerited favor of grace on our life. Third thing. The journey and adventure of salvation. The adventure of salvation is that we are children of God. Romans 8. 8 so I struggled with how to word this point because I had a bunch of different stuff in here. And, and, Finally, I came down to the point of, I can remember one, the first time I ever took my kids to Universal, right? And it, second time, first time we ever went alone. And so this, at that time, my son was probably nine, probably nine years old. And my wife is a rule follower. Drives me crazy. And she is a rule follower. Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop. Jesus. <laughs> you can get thrown in jail. So so there's this one night, Raina and Chelsea, my daughter, they're whipped. We are all whipped, but they had this arcade there. And these hotels, the, I think it was the Royal Pacific we were at. And these hotels, they're so smart because you just spent all your money riding amazingly magnificent roller coasters, which I love. And now you're going to go spend money in an arcade. That makes no sense. But my son wanted to go, and I didn't really want to be around the girls because they were real followers. And <laughs> they were like, let's go a bed. time to get a bed. So, so Dylan and I go down to this arcade, right? And, and I blow good 20, 40 bucks, whatever it was. And we played games for a while. And one of the games we played, we won a, and this is more genius, a rubber ball It looks like a racquetball, right? Which you can get at any Walmart for less than $40, I can assure you. But we, we walked out of that arcade with a rubber ball. Hey, I won something. I showed you. <laughs> so we get back up to the... It's, it's a nice hotel. So we get back upstairs in the hall, and I get this idea. We've got to create a game out of this, building. Dylan. I just dropped 40 bucks. And so, you remember this? So we take this rubber ball and we get it to the end. We're on camera. I mean, you're on camera everywhere you go down, right? And even back then. And so we get the opposite end of this hotel and it's a, it's a long haul and we just start flinging this thing at each other, right? Trying to just, ah! And so, we get it and then, so now we're bumping up against walls and mind you, there are people sleeping. And, and we're, we had the best time. I'll never forget, Dylan looked up at me, and he goes, Dad, that was the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> and I thought, this is a rubber, it's a rubber ball. <laughs> you're not getting that motorcycle for Christmas. You're getting a rubber ball. But, but I, 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 totally remember, I totally remember like how stoked he was that his dad had done something like that with him didn't mean much to me, but it meant something to him, his father. And, and that whole trip, I, I just it's ingrained in my mind. And now we have Romans. To, we, and so that's why I worded this point that way is because the adventure of salvation is that we are children of God. We are children of the creator of everything we know, and we're created to enjoy it and explore it and have adventure on the journey as long as knowing God is the main storyline in our journey. Romans 8, 17, write it down. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I am a child of God because of what Jesus Christ did for me. Now, watch this. What do co-heirs get? Same thing, right? So, you ever been to an estate sale? You lie. Yeah, come on. You, I love you because you're always honest. You know, you've been driving down the road, and you've got a few extra minutes, and you see it in a state sale. What is it in me that makes me want to pull in there? I just want to see. Like, I've been in some of those things where you walk in, and I'm like, oh, where, how did I get in here? This is weird. <laughs> like, I just came in to buy a fishing pole or something, and you got, well, you got a lot of stuff. I'm like, this is, It's a lot going on right here. (laughs) See ya. Yeah. But what happens is, you know, siblings a lot of times are just trying to sell everything and then they split the money. The currency of heaven and God is love. It's love. So I get the same love from God that his own son gets. Because we're co-heirs. He loved me so much that he gave his son for me. He loved me so much that he gave his son for me. And now I've been restored back into a rightful relationship with God. Because the Bible says no one comes to the Father except through the Son. And now I'm looking at a situation where I may not feel like I'm lovable today. It doesn't change God's love. You might not feel like you're lovable today. You might even just be ticked off that you're here. God loves you. You you, you may not feel love. How we feel doesn't change God's love. It's agape. It's unconditional. And so, clause. Don't you love clauses? If indeed we share in his sufferings. There are people all over our world today that that are suffering physically for professing Jesus Christ as Savior. And when people say I just don't believe in Jesus and I just don't believe in God, I just don't believe the Bible. I'll say things like, "Well, how are people willing to die for that?" But but take it beyond there. I said, "So, historical historical outside the Bible, you can read about all the disciples. Facts. And then you read how they died. Peter's, they, were, they were crucifying Peter And Peter said wait a minute Crucify me upside down I'm not worthy to die like my savior John's getting boiled There's people everywhere And, and so if you look at that you, you look at that suffering And go you know what There's probably something to this Jesus guy So, so maybe Not yet Maybe we're not physically persecuted But every day of our life we have an opportunity to, to... That word suffering right there, to, to be involved in something that's very uncomfortable. Every day of our life, we get an opportunity to, if you will, be uncomfortable. In the workplace, be uncomfortable. Stand up for what you believe in, not in a dogmatic way, but just remember, just be who you are. Remember, what was Joseph best at? You guys are terrible. First two services are way smarter than you, Rick. What was Joseph good at? Being Joseph. Remember, Joseph just kept being Joseph. Joseph just kept doing what he knew he was supposed to do. When it it wasn't comfortable, when he could have slept with the lady, he was just, no, that's not who I am. I'm just going to keep being Joseph. When he could have been selfish in the prison and not cared about the people, who the cupbearer and the butler, he could have said, you know what, I don't have time for you. But he kept being Joseph. He kept being, it worked out for him. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I think about heaven quite a bit. And we don't talk about heaven much anymore in the churches, because in the the church, if you talk about heaven, you've got to talk about this other place. Because you can't say there's a heaven without saying there's a hell. And we don't, we don't want to talk about hell because that's uncomfortable. So, but I think about heaven a lot. And, and the Bible says, and now you know in part, but at one day you'll know in full. So, you, you got this idea of this amazing, amazing a place that God has created. No, I have seen, no, ears has heard the things that he has prepared for his children. So, my dad has now made me co-heirs with the Savior of the universe and he didn't stop there. He created a formula so that I could confess and be justified and be purified on a daily basis. And then we, we move into a place where, you know what, he, he, is my, he is my daddy. I'm his child. And one day I'm going to share in his glory. I'm going to share in his glory. I, I, there's no way to put in words. No one's ever, ever been able to write a book that would ever come close to, put, to making heaven seem like what it's going to be, I'm sure. Our minds, our feeble minds cannot, we cannot comprehend what heaven's going to be like. I mean, just, just think about things of this earth that, like, in my own life, like, um, one of my favorite things to do is to watch Sports Center, right? Anybody watch Sports Center? This, you are my favorite service now, because the. Yeah. And so, so, I love sports, and I just get all excited. Like, yesterday or the day before, the dude pitched a uh, no hitter. Did you see that? Yeah, he pitched a no hitter. Which, if you don't know about baseball, that's where a pitcher pitches to the other team for nine innings and nobody hits the ball. No hitter. That's why I love sports. Self-explanatory. <laughs> it just works out that way. Um, and so, I'm I'm watching Sports Center and they're replaying the game. And Rena, she comes in the room. She goes, "Man, you're pretty intense. What's going on?" They're showing the ninth inning, right? And I'm I'm rooting for the guy. I'm just like, "What's going on?" And and um, I said, "This guy's about to pitch a no hitter." And she goes, Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> no, watch this. She said, Now, no hitter is different than a perfect game, isn't it? I said, Yeah, yes. <laughs> I was freaking impressed. But you just think about simple things in life that really attract you sports or, or hobbies or whatever. And, and, but, but take that and, and look to eternity. Where every tribe, every tongue, every nation is gathered around the throne of God, worshiping God. Think about that. And why don't we think about that more? On a bad day, that's a good thing to think about. This is not our home. Eternity is, is a reality. And so, I, I, I actually think, while I'm around the throne worshiping, that I think I'm going to have superhero powers. Really, I'm serious. I feel like, like Lord, I love you so much, and get so excited about worshiping. I could just jump like this. This is not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. And fly like 500 feet over here and hit. What's up, man? It's like, dude, you got superhero powers. Yeah, you can have them too. Try it. (laughs) I mean, I just, I mean, there's no, I I think heaven's going to be like, there's no boundaries. And we can't, we can't understand that. But we're going to share in that glory. If we share in the suffering, we're going to share in the glory. The adventure of salvation is that we are children of God. You are a child of God, no matter if you feel like it today or not. You are a child of God. Last thing. Knowing Jesus is the journey and the adventure. So the main storyline of the journeys, knowing God is the main storyline and the greatest of adventures. I can't know God without knowing Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. Write these scriptures down, John fifteen five through 17. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Think about this for a second. The whole idea is remaining in Jesus, remaining in the vine continually growing that you will bear much fruit you know every life bears fruit there's a production that comes out of the way you live every day of your life and when we make decisions and do things that aren't in reference to God's word we bear fruit maybe sometimes of hurting people but when we we walk by the fruit of the spirit we bear fruit of things like gentleness kindness self control Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So here here we have, he's saying, look, I've told you everything now so that your joy can be complete. Can I ask you a question? Are you a joyful person? Are you? Are you? Here, here's, a, here's a good way, here's a good, like, uh, personal inventory thing. If you're married, ask your spouse if you're joyful. Then ask your kids. That's when it really goes south right there. Yeah. One time, there was a time in my life a while back, pastor, and... Had a lot going on A lot of stress A lot of things you know, Trying to feed a family Trying to build a church Or whatever But one day My wife had had enough And she said You're just not happy anymore She full on told me that You're just not happy anymore You complain all the time Every time you bend over You grunt like you're 80 years old You're talking about bad stuff You're you're quick to speak And quick to anger You're just not happy why don't you just go do something else that makes you happy? I said, I'm like, get away from you right now. I thought that. I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what any man does when their wife tells them something they don't want to hear, well, they do, they get mad, get defensive. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? She's right. <clears throat> I'm not a happy person. I'm, I'm not joyful. And I track back to this. I started looking at the amount of time I was spending with God and it was nowhere near the amount of time I needed to spend with God. I was doing stuff for God but I wasn't being with God. And I went, I went to her and said thank you. Thank you. And came back to center and said you know what I'm, my, my quiet time is going to be a priority over anybody else in my life that needs me. I am going to know that I know that I'm being with God on a daily basis. Joy So keep going Kim My command is this Love each other as I have loved you Did I tell you in the crazy gnarly world we live in right now I think the church The Christian church is missing Massive opportunities to show the world we love them I mean I'm so disgusted by some of the hateful comments That come out of churches What is that going to help Is this going to show you're right Like, I don't understand when the church got so hateful. Because Jesus is like, look, love each other. Love each other like I've loved you. Put yourself second. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I have made known to you. In other words, hey guys, I'm about to go away. I've told you this several times. Soon enough you're going to see it. But this is what I'm leaving with you right now. Love each other. Could have said a million things right there. And he said, would you love each other? Don't be fighting, don't be bickering, don't be, you know, you don't, you don't need to have an agenda, just love each other. Look, man, just because you love someone that doesn't believe the way you believe doesn't make you accountable to how they're living their life. What it does is it maybe shows them that, hey, maybe there is something to this person. I don't have to agree with the way you live your life, but it's your life. You, you don't need to force those beliefs on me because I believe the Bible. But at no point am I going to hate you and be hateful towards you because you believe different than I believe. I'm not going to change how I believe. Like, I'm, I'm just not going to because I believe the Bible is authority. authority. I'm not going to change that. But it doesn't mean I can't love people that hadn't got there yet. You know what I'm saying? Man, our churches would be freaking packed all over America, churches would be packed if they just loved people. My only job is to love people. Just love people. Not hate them. Not make ignorant statements. Just love and preach the truth in love. So, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go out and bear fruit. Fruit that will last And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. It says it again. Love each other. So salvation. Salvation is birthed out of love. Salvation is birthed out of love so much so that God gives us his only son so that the sin problem is fixed and we're restored back to a rightful relationship in Jesus. And it's all out of love. Again, God loves you. And I don't, you know, I don't say those words like on a whim. I say them because I know he loves me and I know me. God loves you. Saved and unsaved. Back to the Titanic story. Hundreds of doc- documented stories. You read some of them sometimes. They'll, they're awesome. They would be bringing these people into the port, freezing, bringing them back to safety, building fires everywhere, getting warm, putting blankets around them and letting them get dried off, And st- account after account and story after story after story, s- hundreds of people would run back to the rescue boat and say, "Let me help. I want to go back out in that freezing water because somebody somebody helped me. I want to go help somebody." You see what I'm getting at? Let's don't sit in our churches and, and forget what it was like to be on the street, lost, and not really know that anybody loved us. Like, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so, if, if you do call Jesus Christ your personal Savior, get back in that lifeboat. Get back in there and go back out into the world. Learn the scripture. Love people. Build a bridge. Ask God to open a door at some point for you to just share what God's doing in your life. Tell your story. Tell your story because God is the main storyline of your story. Tell it. Or maybe you're here today and you had not started your journey. Maybe you're here and you would say, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. You say, I need a starting point. I need a fresh start. There's some things in my life that I really need God to help me with. And I'm realizing right now that I've never put my faith in Jesus. And we've already discussed there's no way to the Father except through the Son. And that's a belief Mm -hmm. factor. Remember John 3.16? Whoever believes. Whoever believes. I can't believe for you. Your spouse can't believe for you. No one. Your faith is your faith. You have to decide what you're going to do with it bow your head all this place let's pray forward we're dismissed. if that's you and you say Jason I'm here today and I, I know that I need to be saved I know I need a starting point I know I need a, a fresh start I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ but I feel I'm knocking on the door of my heart today this is kind of making sense to me what if you're here and you say yeah I'm, I'm ready to explore this journey with God It's a a faith factor, it's a belief factor. So if that's you, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. We want to get you a Bible, a devotion, get you some started out on the right foot. But we can't make that decision for you. It's your decision. But if that's you and you say, I need Jesus in my life, I need a change, I need a fresh start, throw your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it right back down. I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand. Say, I need that. Just put it right back down. anyone else before we pray please if you raised your hand go out to the tent after church get a bible and devotion if you're not really into that talking to people shy person you can go to you can email us at thecoastlinechurch.com and we'll get you the pastor will call you and we'll, we'll get you set up with some stuff that'll help but if you raised your hand right there pray this prayer with me Father thank you for loving me thank you for chasing me I thank you that right now I'm realizing there's no way I could be good enough. And I'm okay with that. Because your grace is sufficient. So I believe in my heart. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe that he was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe that he placed him in a grave. And I believe that he rose from that grave on the third day. And right now, God, thank you that it's been made real to me that you are the way. And I ask you right now to help me in this new journey. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. They're flooding my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen.